Hey everybody, welcome to episode 61 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we are finally talking Venom after months of lead-up, months of hype, wondering what Sony would do. It's finally here. Marvel's Venom is a very misleading advertisement for this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they slapped the Marvel Studio logo on there. And I don't know if you noticed in the beginning it says... Uh, in association with right right above the marvel studio logo yeah like, you know, clever it is not it is not a marvel movie no and that's uh that's very clear yeah from the get-go it's very clear i mean i think we knew from the trailer it was not feeling very marvel-ish, marvel-ish. maybe maybe marvel-ish early 2000s but not mcu <laughs> marvel correct all right so it's a story about eddie brock who acquires the powers of a symbiote which how do you say that? Because they were even saying it differently in the movies. Is it symbiote or symbiote? I always say symbiote. Okay. But they were bouncing back and forth, I thought. Yeah, I didn't so I was know like, oh. Were... And then I was like, no, I was right. And then I was like, no. <laughs> I don't know if there's like a comic. I've always read it that way because okay. they don't, they the comics don't speak to you. Well, yeah, I and just so... didn't know if you had come across. No, that, what the that's just what I've always said in my head. Okay. So we, we can alternate throughout this entire podcast <laughs> right. if you like. That's just fine. Yeah. So he acquires the powers of a symbiote. He will have to release his alter ego Venom to save his life. I'm not sure that's accurate. No, that's not accurate. I mean, it's from Letterboxd, so it's what's out there. But whatever. It's directed by Ruben Fleischer, who we talked about in the preview, who did Zombieland and Gangster Squad. And then the cast beyond Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, and Riz Ahmed is really... There's a few other, there's like Jenny Slate in there and a few other people that maybe poke their heads up. Yeah, I can't even picture anybody else in the movie. No, not even any of that guys, really. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. All right, so you ready to talk Venom, Venom, Venom? (laughs) Things Marshall. Oh, that song was so bad. I'm glad they saved it till the end of the movie. And not during a a key moment in the (laughs) movie. Yeah, although it would have fit had they just put that in at a random scene. So like we normally do on the comic book movies, I'm going to go ahead and defer to you because you're definitely the, the comic book guru of the two of us. I know you'll have some comic-fused thoughts on where this goes, whereas I'm attacking it just from like a MCU movie standpoint. So I'll let you run with, with Venom. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they stayed okay to the, uh, the lore of Venom without having Spider-Man. Yeah. I know they didn't want to add Spider-Man to this. So without Spider-Man, you, you have a big gap of Venom's history missing and so they basically did it without that and so in in the comics venom possesses peter parker and takes his spider powers which gives him you know those abilities which is why in the comics he has the spider on his chest when he becomes venom is because he took that from spider-man now here he doesn't have that that spider because spider-man's not in this universe yet so that's so what we've seen. Right. But they did take Eddie Brock's background. Oh, they, they even, how Venom got to Earth. Uh, he was attached to a spaceship, uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son, which they kind of said, hey, Jameson's the astronaut. Yeah. Uh, that was in the ambulance. Uh, so they kind of did a little bit of, uh, but they didn't connect the dots at sure. all. But just kind of a little nod to, to comic folk. But uh, they even did Eddie Brock's backstory, kind of. Um, so really why Eddie Brock hates spider-man where hates peter parker but yeah in the comics 
Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker and Venom hates Spider-Man. And so they're both. And that's why they made such a perfect match. Uh, but Peter Parker ruined his career as a journalist because Eddie was lying uh, to get to get good ratings and, and good you know stories out there. Uh, and Peter Parker exposed him. So here we kind of have a different twist. He's still a reporter, but just goes too far and gets fired. They said he got ran out of New York, but yeah, they kind of dropped, dropped that in, but they didn't say why or how. And so I don't know if they're in, in our world, Peter Parker's a kid, so he's not a journalist yet. Sure. In the MCU. Yeah. But they also don't really establish a timeline for true venom that I can remember. Well, yeah, but they're not going to get to Peter Parker as a reporter anytime in the near, near future. And Spider-Man yeah. homeland or, I don't, oh, homecoming, homeland, <laughs> homeland. Goes yeah. Spider- that's a very different terrorist look at yeah. Spider-Man. I don't think they're really even trying to connect the two. To be honest, I think they're trying to tread lightly and just. Oh, I felt they want, they were trying to leave it open, and so they took him to San Francisco. Yeah, and they they sort of combined later stories of Venom and combined them into his origin story. So the, the Life Foundation was a a group that pulled off seeds from venom and created other symbiotes um so they're basically his children and that's where riot came from and here they twisted that whole story of they all came from another planet uh, to take over earth yeah so which almost doesn't even make sense because then they also say that they just randomly found them on a comet they did say that didn't they right yeah i mean they infused that that alien invasion angle way late in the movie like almost near the final battle yeah you're kind of led to believe that they they ended up here by accident it was the humans that did it as the that probe or shuttle came back they found life on a comet drug them here but then venom is talking about how their the plan for his species was to yeah come and eliminate earth but it's like well they found you on a comet i yeah. don't know so that they were just throwing stuff around in this movie especially towards the end but yeah and and not to get too, which I already did, but too comic nerdy, they, they stayed pretty true to the story for what they could do. And so, as far as, um, as far as that goes, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah. And I thought Venom looked like he was supposed to look. Yeah. And so, so that all that all worked for me. Uh, my problems were, were I mean, we can talk about those later. But but that's <laughs> uh, um, they they weren't with the the backstory or changing his history or anything like that. Right. And so I, I was okay with everything that they did from a, from a moving it from the page from to a the source screen. material. Cause from that is a, yeah. usually one of your complaints is that you're like, they have all this source material. Why aren't they pulling from it? And they go and change things that they don't need to change or add things. They don't need to add. The stories are all there. Just pick and choose. So sounds like what you're saying. If I can, if I'm understanding it right is you don't have any problem with how they went from page to screen in terms of, the stories or who the characters are they they kind of did that okay now what they did with them when they were on screen like how the movie was assembled that might be a different story yeah and i mean ideally you would have had introduced him into a spider-man movie i mean that's that'd have been ideal but because we have that separation uh i think this was done done pretty well okay yeah i don't know any more about Venom than just like a casual Spider-Man person who knows that in the cartoon series and in the comics, there was always this anti Spider-Man that looked like, I don't even know how you describe Venom, but I mean, he's got, I would say arguably one of the most iconic looks in all of comics because 
me not being a Spider-Man person, I mean, I, you just know who Venom is, and it looks cool because this is a black, beastly character that looks like a Spider-Man. Big teeth. Yeah, it looks tongue. like a Spider-Man come to life or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, so, yeah, I didn't mind uh, the way he looked, I think. And I don't know what you can really do with a character like Venom because it seems like a very hard look to pull off graphics-wise and making it look real and believable. Yeah. I, I thought the effects of him were fine. I mean, the the look, at least, uh, regardless of the effects, the look that they went with stayed pretty, at least, very true to the comics. They didn't they didn't doomsday him. No, right? Yeah, and it wasn't egregious to where it's so distracting from the movie that you can't like. No, the effects are so bad, you know, Justice League like. Right, you can't even get into the story now. Obviously, when he's talking and his, I mean, you need your lips to talk, and it's just teeth, you know. Some of those are like, yeah. like that doesn't really match his mouth, but how can, how can you really do that, you know, and make it look real? Yeah. I don't know. I but. actually thought the, the effects of the symbiotes when they were not attached to somebody were, were kind of bad, right? Yeah. Like, and when they I, were, I didn't like that either. When they were crawling around and stuff, which what, I don't Like know. an abyss? Yeah. Well, that. Oh. Well, so when they were crawling around, one, but yeah, so my, actually, the worst part of the effects I thought was what you just said, where, yeah, the abyss like scenes where they would come out from behind their back and the face looking at him, talking to him, like, that. Yeah. That, that somehow looks worse than the abyss, and the abyss was almost 30 years ago. Right. And and they didn't they didn't need that. I mean, you had them talking in their head. They could have just kept doing that. Yeah. As or a voice. the the one touch that they did uh the one time with Tom Hardy when he first sees Venom in his reflection. Like yeah. you could almost do something like that. Like maybe they see him themselves in a puddle of water or something like that. But yeah, the the coming out of the back and staring at them face to face was just no good. It wasn't good when Venom did it. It wasn't good when Riot did it. It was No, and and I agree. I think they could have been a whole lot creepier with him in the window, you know, each time you're talking, you know, because it's not quite a reflection, right. you know, but it, but it is, like you said, puddles and, and things like that to yeah. you know that he's talking to him. That would have been that would have been really good throughout. Yeah. I mean, the effects were never great. But for the most part, they weren't bad. But there were a few times where they were really bad. The one we mentioned of talking, and then I thought the end fight was just a disaster. Oh, it, it reminded me of Transformers. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, a where, very good point. Where you have you know Megatron versus Optimus Prime, but they all have so many moving parts that you can't tell who's who. And this was so dark, but they both have moving skin and and shiny in different ways that you couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, or what was happening. And at one point, I actually thought. either I wasn't paying close enough attention or something they did on screen caused this, but I thought that they switched symbiotes or like the symbiotes meshed. They merged. But on, on Riz? Together. But without anybody? No, with with, uh, somehow Tom Hardy and Riz were in there together. Okay. And then they split apart, which I don't understand why or how it happened, but they did. (laughs) And you, you could tell that the movie, every time that, I guess there's very few times where there's a lot of good light and there's a, a venom or a, a riot around. They clearly were trying to put these guys in the dark whenever they were doing their big CGI moments because they didn't want to expose them in the yeah. light. Yeah, and, and that could have been done so much better. I mean, you could have had a good riot fight scene. Now, I'm against using riot as your villain because it's two Venoms fighting each other. Right, which you've talked about in Black Panther and... And Hulk and Iron Man and uh, I'm I'm just done. Pick another villain. Yeah. There are hundreds and truly thousands of villains in the MCU that you could have used. And, 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 but truly, 
And going back to how the movie should have been, I would have been fine. And actually, what what I would have hoped for is they would have done more of a Terminator, Terminator Two, you know, Venom One, Venom Two. So Venom is the bad guy in the first movie, and you have Tom Hardy versus you pick your Kyle Reese. I don't care who who sure. you use as, as fighting against Venom. Maybe it's Michelle Williams. I don't know. And He's hunting and eating and killing people, and he's a horror genre, essentially is what you need to go with. And then you introduce Carnage in the second one, and you can have Venom turn good, you know, via Arnold and Terminator 2, and fight Carnage that way. I thought that would have been a so, so much better way to do it, because Venom is, I mean, he's not really an anti-hero, he's, he's a villain. Right. He's Spider-Man's villain. They're trying to spin him into something, because they had to make him a standalone movie. Right. But I agree with you. They they didn't even embrace the anti-hero stuff. He, both him and Tom Hardy, when I say him, I mean Venom and Tom Hardy, are just kind of there. Right. You know, like they didn't, there's a few times where they try and play on that dynamic of, um, okay, and it's not even towards the, it's like way until the end. Like you can't eat people unless they're really, really bad. You know, they're having that back and forth conversation. Yeah. That should have happened at the like, beginning, at the beginning, or at least no later than the middle of the movie, and then yeah, if you're if you're having Eddie and Venom hunt people, then it, you you can have more of that conversation instead of introducing the completely unnecessary other symbiotes and and your horror comments good too because there was a couple times where this tried to go full horror like the the scenes in the lab at Life Foundation with the symbiotes trying to attach people and they're like killing them. Their bodies are all right. I mean, that was very, very horror movie. Yeah. And then even when they have venom trying to eat people, I mean, it, it kind of it comes across as a horror movie and you could even argue that it's kind of like an old school creature movie. Like it was, they used to call it creature features, the thing. right? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot like the thing, but, but they don't you ever, have them inside you, you know? Yeah. They don't ever fully embrace it though. It, it's like, they just couldn't quite figure out what they wanted to do with any of it. Well, and I don't know how much of that is the PG 13 rating, Yeah, you know, cause they, they edited this down to get it from R to this, to hopefully get it into the MCU, which I think they should have just, you know, ship, let that sail go. Yeah. Let that ship go. Let that sail. <laughs> Let see, that I, ship sail. <laughs> I heard that. They came out afterwards and said they never intended for it to be R. I don't believe that. The director came out and was like, yeah, this was never going to be a rated R movie. It was always going to be PG-13. We were going to push the boundaries of PG-13, but it was never going to go R. Well, then he's an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I get it from a marketing standpoint. But... I mean, you have, you have a guy truly biting off people's heads. Yeah. But I mean, see, that, that's I, your character. So take that piece out of it. I mean, don't have him bite people's heads off. Well, if... I actually think you still could have done really well with this movie, doing some of the things you said and kept it PG-13. Having seen what they tried to do, I mean, you can show the kind of show the biting of heads and stuff without it being all gory. And you still could have done the Terminator type flow through the movie without it being rated R. So I think there's, there's ways of making a really good Venom movie without going PG or without going R, but knowing the trend of like Deadpool and Logan and some of those other things, it seems like Venom was the right one to try and go R. And you could have just ratcheted up even further from that. So I agree that the PG-13 had some shackles. I think they could have done a lot better even with those shackles on than what they did. And I just think that they'd really tried to make Tom Hardy too, too sympathetic. You know, and because... I felt nothing about him. I, I didn't know what they wanted me to feel about him. Well, I mean, they wanted him to be the hero. 
Well, right, I mean, but he wasn't. They didn't give you a reason to think he's overly heroic, other than being an investigative well, reporter. Well, I mean, they show him he was do, he lost his job because he was trying to do the right thing, and you know, and and all, he lost his yeah. girl because he was trying to do the right thing. But and, it wasn't set up well because, like, he, his boss calls him out in the next scene. He's like, "Did you have any proof that this guy is bad?" He's like, "No, it was a hunch." Like, if you're gonna, well, he he did. He did have proof. Well, he, he stole that, it from his his girlfriend. Sure, but like that was fiance. just. They could have done so much better in, in establishing who Eddie Brock was and why you should root for him or if not like maybe why he is kind of a troubled person and maybe him being troubled is what makes him so such an interesting pairing with venom which is what they are in the comics which i was hoping they'd they'd do that he's kind of a bad guy you know and then the venom is kind of a bad symbiote right i mean i don't know what you do with him because i'm not familiar enough with the comics but you know make him the guy who maybe tries to have gets to good ends through questionable means. And I think maybe that's where they were trying to go, but like make it a little bit more clear. Like if you're going to play up the anti-hero angle and be like, there's enough superheroes in the world. I mean, those are your two taglines from the movie. Like like, go for it. Well, I think, well, I think more Eddie Brock is the, you try to do good things, but not the right way. Or they all always seem to go wrong. Like cutting corners. Like I said, it's like, you don't have proof. I'm going to write this article anyway, and it ended up not being true. And type, I, type yeah. of thing, you know, cutting. And I think, I think the example they gave is kind of on that. It's just it, it wasn't enough. I didn't think to really drive home the point of what they were wanting to do. I agree. I just think the whole, the whole relationship between him and Venom, between Eddie and Venom, was your movie. Yeah, and they rushed through all of that, and so as soon as he's possessed. He's running and kicking down doors, you know, running away from the SWAT team and fighting them. And Eddie doesn't seem to have any concerns about this whatsoever. Like he did, he just assumes that he can do this. And then he mentions it later. How did I climb a tree so fast? But there is no look on his face of how am I, how am I able to do like upgrade? You know, right. we, we've talked about Venom and upgrade before where he was like, oh my gosh, my body's doing this on its own. How is it happening? That there, there is no expression from tom hardy or comments that what's happening to me yeah i i don't know i guess i'd have to go back and watch it because i felt like he kind of did the whole shocked face stuff a few times and i, I thought he made some comments here and there later in his apartment yeah maybe that's what i'm when he called her on of. the phone and oh hey does hallucinations allow me to climb trees really fast yeah but not while he was running or hiding or anything right well and they, i don't know why they wouldn't have had venom start talking to him then. Right, right away like you know go up the tree or i'm taking you up the tree or something like you know what i mean yeah. like the you're right and it takes so long to even get to that point so first off the first 20 minutes are excruciatingly boring they are i mean i know what they're trying they're really just trying to focus on eddie brock and his relationship with michelle williams and stuff and it's all to get to the point where he trashes that interview that you mentioned with riz ahmed and then they both lose their jobs but that is the most boring 20 minutes of setup that oh, I agree. And the the weird thing too, is that it really kind of shakes the comic book formula up of, you know, ever since dark Knight, everybody's kind of led with a big action scene, which I guess maybe in this case, they thought that their spaceship crash was the big action scene. And then the, the rogue. Yeah. Symbiote, I guess, which that was super boring. Cause it takes the old lady like six months to get to an airport or something like that. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> like that didn't even need to like, why have them crash in Malaysia and not? Yeah. Uh, 
weird choices there, but yeah, the first 20 minutes are straight up just boring. And then, you know, you've got another 20 to 30 minutes before Eddie, before really any of the fun Venom stuff kicks in, which is really in his apartment or around that yeah. time. Yeah. The, the crux of the movie should have been them adapting to one another. Yeah. You know, let, let's take this boot up the suit out for a spin, you know, type of thing. And then, yeah. you know, maybe some muggers that Venom eats, you know, something along those lines of what are you doing? You yeah. Know, and you're trying to get, get used to each other. Right. Because some of the best parts in the movie are when they're talking to each other. Yeah. And those are almost really towards the, I think they're all in like the final act. I mean, they start talking to each other a little bit, but the funny stuff comes later. Like, uh, when he's trying to get him to jump off the top of a building, and then it cuts to him at the elevator, and Venom calls him a pussy. That's hilarious. And then even in the like very almost the very last scene of the movie, when you're led to think that Venom is dead, but he's still there, and uh, Eddie Brock sitting on the steps talking to Michelle Williams' character, and Venom's like goading him into trying to win her back and stuff. I mean, right. that stuff was actually decently funny, and even the whole convenience store scene that we've all seen the trailer a million times. I mean, that actually still kind of worked okay because the scene before it that we didn't see in the trailer was the conversation about who can we eat and who can we not eat. Right. And then you get into the convenience where you're like, oh, he found a true bad guy. He's going to let him eat him. Definitely eat that guy. Yeah, yeah. so that's the stuff that's that's funny, but you don't get hardly any of it throughout the whole movie. I was even, and I've seen some people not like the, uh, well, I was a loser on my planet. You know, line the comment from Venom. Venom, yeah, and so that's that's why I want to stop Riot from bringing the rest of his world here because I was kind of a loser, and here I'm something cool, uh, basically. And I, I kind of liked that. You know, I I, was, I I didn't like the the plot of of all the, but I but I kind of liked, you know, him being well. We're, we're both losers. <laughs> I, I don't mind, but the, together we can be something. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind the intent. It's just done so miserably. It's, it, it was done way too late. Oh, yeah. It was, way it too was late. like the final fight. Right. It, it came up, and then it resolved itself, like, really quickly, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it just... Yeah, everything with, with Eddie and Venom was rushed, and I feel like that was that was your maker. Because you, then you get more Tom Hardy. Right. And you get more, more of that, that bouncing between, and you get Venom faster. Yeah. You know? And I'm not sure. Like, I get the piece. I like the idea of Venom, you know, being a low man on the totem pole. And all that stuff, but like, it, it just it, the idea of this being an alien invasion that he's trying to stop doesn't make sense. Like we talked about earlier, and doesn't need to be there. The scope didn't no. need to be that big for this. And that, like you said, that would have been a decent setup for, like, I- instead of having whatever the end setup scene is with Woody Harrelson and Carnage, instead of that being your tease for the next movie, you could have had the tease being that you know somebody out in space or whatever finds another symbiote headed towards earth or whatever. It's like, okay, stuff is like Venom already said he's the runt of the group. And now you can assume that this, there's a bigger, badder one coming. Yeah. That would have been a much better setup than, than the one we got for the, the teaser scene. Well, I can't let you jump to the end scene <laughs> and not address that now. And so I was saving this for a little bit later, but, uh, so the introduction of carnage who is one that I'm really, so, Carnage is a basically the son of Venom, if you want to put it that way. It was a seed that was attached to a serial killer that made an even worse, basically no morals whatsoever. Eddie's kind of a conflicted character, um, but Cletus Cassidy has no no corns. And so part of the symbiote attached to to him and becomes Carnage, which is just like his name, just kills 
any and everybody. And so that's when Venom turns slightly good, teams up with Spider-Man, and they fight Carnage together. Carnage has red hair, and so they felt like they needed to put this this ridiculous red wig on Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Sideshow Bob wig. It, it looked it looked terrible, absolutely terrible. And I hate I hate the choice. I love Woody Harrelson. I love right. him in almost everything that he does. He is not Carnage. Like you need somebody. And, and we were talking about uh, you know Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, he yeah we had a so we had a side conversation a side about conversation Halloween movies that we've been watching yeah, lately and he fits the bill for like a, a true psychopath yeah and the director's like oh I liked uh, you know Woody Harrelson and Natural Born Killers so I kind of wanted to bring that that back and that just doesn't fit well for, and like we mentioned earlier the the director has done Zombieland and is doing Zombieland too so he likes Woody he likes Woody yeah. but but that was just such a poor choice such a poor choice uh, so I didn't I don't have any connections to the comics like you do but even i saw it, i was like i don't know i mean i i didn't know what they were going for until woody actually said the words carnage and then i know enough to know that carnage is a venom type character but the look and the feel of everything that they were going for i mean it fit the rest of the movie in the sense that it was kind of nonsense yeah. but it was just like that's that's your that's your key takeaway scene that you're going with that's your cool teaser it, for the next movie Ugh. there are there are a hundred actors i'd rather have than woody I mean, I'd rather have Topher Grace as Carnage <laughs> than than Woody. I think. I mean, uh, it, it, I don't it, know about that. <laughs> I like Topher it, in some roles, but like that would have just been stirring the pot. <laughs> I think that'd been great. Yeah, but the uh, I mean, it, it's so bad, and the fact that they're going straight to Carnage, which I think you need to go to Carnage, but you just used Riot. They're essentially the the same thing. You're going to have a retread movie. I mean, what is Carnage that Riot? didn't do no i i agree with you and especially he even used his arms as axes and swords i mean that's what that's what carnage does that makes him really different from venom and so that's the first time you've seen him you know using stabbing weapons like like terminator uh, terminator 2 um and and things like that the carnage did that first right and but you just ruined it with riot (laughs) right so 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 for you not only are they did they go to the venom versus venom well in this movie it seems like that's exactly where they're going with whatever they're trying to set up so yeah it's gonna be nothing but venoms fighting venoms i mean what what other things do they have until he gets plugged into the mcu somehow yeah which he may not ever do right which is bad yeah it's just bad and so that that really left me on a really sour note (laughs) I, I, i was doing i was okay until they did that you know, I'm glad that they they mentioned they could have just said, you know, you walk past a thing that says Cletus Cassidy and just let your your mind wander. They can cast somebody later, and how are they going to introduce Carnage later? But they had to get him but, to say Carnage, otherwise nobody would have known. Which is, you know, let the comic geeks know that, yeah, you know, and not let anybody else because does Carnage alone let other people know what that is? You know, you say Cletus, I don't and, know. And, I mean, I'm a casual comic book person, and I knew who Carnage was, but I don't know how much of the general public has any idea of what that is. But it's just like the Captain Marvel symbol, you know, that they flash. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't know who that is, but when you find out, you're like, okay, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, same, same thing with this. You have him walking, and then the cell has the name on it, but you don't have to show who the actor is. Well, and the dumb part about that, too, is is that the setup is all you're doing is introducing the guy. Right. Like, there's still so many questions, right? It's not like the it's not like it showed him having a symbiote attached to him in the teaser scene, right? So, all, all you've really done is 
just show the guy and there's still so many questions so now we have to see another movie where somehow another symbiote found finds his way into another bad guy and then cre- I mean, yeah it's seriously it was, like you said going to be a retread yeah and in the comics cletus and eddie brock are cellmates and so you know spider-man arrests him removes venom you know from him and him and cletus are in the cell together eventually venom the symbiote comes back and breaks eddie out of jail and then leaves a piece of him behind to attach to the carnage that's that's kind of how they to make carnage yeah that, that's kind of so eddie and uh cletus knew each other beforehand um and even eddie was like this guy's you know nuts mm-hmm. um and amidst all these other murders and whatnot that they didn't know about but that's a uh, it's, it's ruined that whole character i think it that's done and i i'm I'm angry. I'm angry that it's Woody, and that that makes me mad too. Right? That they're making me not want Woody in a movie, and that's so that's frustrating because then they just, they essentially ruin the next movie too. Yeah, that, like you said, that they've already done they've already done that. So you said something that that took me on a tangent while you were talking. So you mentioned in the comics about how a piece of venom gets left behind and attaches to Cletus, which becomes Carnage. Is the whole sound angle a thing in the comics too? Yes. The the certain frequency is what. Yeah. Okay. Sa- sound and fire are what hurt hurt the symbiotes. Okay. Uh, other than that, that's how Spider Man always. Okay. Because that I mean they definitely went to that well an awful lot in right. this movie with the sound stuff. I mean I can think of at least three or four scenes off the top of my head where that becomes a thing. So I I wasn't sure if that was a, a yep. comic thing or not. Sound and fire, which they really didn't use fire not at all, the end. other than the explosion, yeah. which would have killed anything. So you didn't have to say fire. But it them. somehow didn't kill Venom. No. And they ran through fire at one point and it didn't affect him. Yeah. I, I so, don't... <laughs> so they, they mentioned it, you know, yeah. when they say, well, what are your weaknesses? You know, the sound, he goes, and fire. You know, and like, why is Venom telling them the weaknesses? Well, he was just telling Eddie, wasn't he? Yeah. But Eddie was repeating everything that he was saying. Oh, that's right. It's like, why are you? Yeah, and so I mean, it's one thing that that could have been a, another conversation between Venom and Eddie. Of, gosh, we just stopped all these bullets. You know, can nothing hurt you? Right. You know, and the, well, fire. I don't like fire. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, that's something. And yeah. Then, and then they find out about sound that that frequency later. And it's right. Like, oh, that hurts too. You know, type of thing. It's there was a lot I think around them trying to explain the symbiotes that. I almost wonder if they would have been better off just not even trying and just introducing, yeah. like, I think maybe audiences could get an idea just from there's this globby thing that attaches to people and then you see it. What You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that it needed to be explained because when they start doing the tests, like, well, first of all, I guess when it transfers from pe- person to person, like, I guess we're to assume that the symbiotes can just leave whenever they want. They don't have yeah. to stay attached to somebody. Yeah, like when Riot, when they first found Riot. Yeah. And so he was, I guess, trying to find a suitable host. Right. But so they then they talk about the experiments they're doing and how sometimes a symbiote just kills the host within like seconds because we see that happen to a guy. And other right. times it takes days or weeks. And then other times, I guess, they find perfect harmony and that's where they want to stay. And they talk about how... Symbiotic relationship. Right. They, they talk about how that would mean that the symbiotes could live here on Earth in this thing but it also means that the humans could go to the other planet and live and live there because so, they're in perfect harmony i just found it odd that like um i guess the implication is that michelle williams is a good host maybe he wasn't there maybe venom wasn't attached to her long enough to do that 
Tom Hardy is a good host, and then Riz Ahmed. Like, you know, what are the odds, right? You're doing these experiments, and all these people are dying because the symbiotes can't attach to them, but the three main characters. I mean, so I mean, you mentioned. So I'll go back to that in a the, second. The but Michelle Williams. Mean, <laughs> Michelle Williams. I mean, that's not something you do in movie one, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, that's like uh, Rhodey. You know, you don't put him in the war machine right. outfit in the first movie. You hint, you hint at it, right? It Maybe. Or but, pep, like Pepper in uh, Iron Man uh, Three, like Pepper. Yeah. yeah, you know it's something that okay, we're gonna we need to step the game up. You know, let's let's but don't do it in this movie, and because then the, yeah, there's too many questions now. Right. Of my guess is it was too short of a time frame for it to matter. Sure. But like you said, they just showed instant people. Like that's a pretty big risk. Right. Of this could kill me immediately. <laughs> or, right. uh, but they, they did mention a couple times uh, of how it was eating. The people? Yeah. And so one of the scientists said, I feel like there's some deleted scenes that explain this better. Oh, I'm that, sure that, there that, are. That were, that were pulled from this because uh, they said that, oh, we gave him a liquid diet and he's still eating the host from the inside, even though we thought they were a match. Um, but we keep giving this, this liquid diet. And so you're led to believe, and by Tom Hardy's actions later, and he keeps looking for meat and it's all mm-hmm. dead meat. That's why he eats people. Right is to keep him alive. And so then it flashes later of uh, Tom Hardy's insides are being eaten apart by Venom, like his liver and whatnot from, from the inside out. And we're led to believe that if he eats people, at least that's what, that was my, my conclusion was <laughs> right. if he eats people, it, it saves them both. Right. And so they didn't ever say that. Which I think, I think like, okay, so we're allowed to eat some people. We're gonna eat bad people to yeah. keep us both alive. You know, I think Venom alludes to that at one point because when they're arguing about again, this would be at the end of the movie when yeah. they're arguing about who to eat. He's like, your liver is starting to look really tasty. So I think the implication there is that if you don't get me some food, I'm gonna start eating you, kind of thing. Yeah, which is it a because it looks tasty or because I have to have it to survive? Right. And I think it's almost like going back to your horror movie genre. I mean, that's that's very similar to what we think of as vampires, right? Like, or, mm-hmm. or Blade, right? He didn't yeah. want to eat, but he had to get something to keep him and his strength and his power going. It's actually Morbius, the living vampire. Oh, nice. Yes. Which is another, the next Sony movie, right? With Jerry Leto. Is Leto. it? Yes. I did not see that, but that's, that's the plot. Yeah. I mean, he's a quote-unquote good vampire that hunts on bad people yeah. because he has to drink from somebody. So might as well be evil people. Yeah, that's the next uh, Sony movie, I think. Awesome. (laughs) Right, you're so happy about that. I'm so happy about Sony even having a studio. Right. So going back to the the, the concept that we were talking about of, like, how the symbiotes work, I just, yeah, I was totally confused as to the rhyme or reason. And and I think in the end, if they had, I, I think they would have been able to accomplish more had they just not given us any explanation, which usually I'm not in favor of that, but their explanation was so bad that I think no explanation would have been a little bit better. And we kind of talked about that in our Predator, uh, the Predator yeah. podcast of just leave it out there. Right. You know, once you start getting too detailed, it, w- it raises so many other questions and it kind of ruins the the everything about it. Yeah. You know, and I don't care where they came from. I don't care that they're called Clintars. You know? I, mean, you know, I don't care that, you know, I don't care any of these things. Right. You just have Venom be Venom in it. And all you need to know is it attached itself to Tom Hardy. And now they live together. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so on the issue of Tom Hardy's health, did they not say at one point he had a brain tumor? Uh, they said, yeah. And then Venom said, I can heal those. 
Oh, I completely missed that. And then he goes, I can heal these, Eddie. You know, he said, the thing is killing you on the inside. And Venom's talking to him when they're trying to, before he runs into the MRI machine, he goes, I can heal these. I can, I can heal you. Um, Okay. I must have missed that. So I think he caused it, but then he was like, hey, let's work together. I'll heal you. You heal me. Let's live together. But again, they didn't, they didn't do that relationship very well at all. Right. And I think that's a really good segue into one of my uh maybe one of the final points that we haven't made yet which is the whole shift in Eddie wanting to get rid of Venom and but then wanting Venom to be there and needing Venom and also whatever Venom's goals are and neither needing Eddie or not needing Eddie it's like it's not there it's not there it's not there and then bam it's there like you don't really ever understand why Eddie feels like he wants Venom back I don't remember what the reasoning was. Well, I, again, I, I don't know that they ever really say it because he spends all this time trying to get rid of Venom, get him out. And then then it's like they have that fight with Riot and you think he's finally separated and stuff. And then you show up in the end and he's... Well, I mean the first time. So he separates him in the MRI machine. Yeah. And then... Well, I don't think he intends to give him back. He runs into Michelle Williams. Oh, he's being hunted. That's right. Yeah, and, and then he, he comes back she kisses and... him, and then yeah. But but like, but in the end, you're supposed to understand that now they like each other. And Venom says it's because you know I think Venom explains it from his angle, like you said earlier, right. which was like I'm the runt, and together we can stop stuff. But you never really understand from Eddie Brock's angle why he wants. Why yeah. why does he want this? Right, and I think if you're going to have Michelle Williams in this movie, which I think she needs to be deleted completely. You know, it, it serves no purpose, I feel, her entire character. Um, unless you have him or her get kidnapped. Let's let's use her as, as that motivation. So that Riot kidnaps her and is going to experiment on her for some reason. And so that's when they decide to, to join back together. You know, Eddie wants him, you know, to help him save. And then he wants, Venom wants to destroy Riot. Something like that to where... It's mutually beneficial. Yeah. But they didn't do that. And again, her her character, the only thing that that was in the movie at all, really, was to try to explain his backstory. Kind of. And then I don't I don't like her as an actress. And and she as soon as I saw that it was her rolling out of his bed at the very beginning, I was like, Oh really? And I hoped I go maybe she's just in the beginning and then I was like, Well, they wouldn't have cast her if yeah. she wasn't gonna be throughout. And I just there's nothing, no movies that she's in that I think she one was the best choice. Two <laughs> did did anything good. See, I I don't mind her, but she does she does better in like award winning dramas and like whether it's Manchester by the Sea or Greatest Showman or Blue Valentine. Like those are her kinds of movies. She looks like an actress, and I mean that by she looks like she's acting. I I don't think that that's the case in some of these other movies that I mentioned. This felt very like phoned in. She felt very wooden. Like she almost felt uncomfortable knowing that she was doing a mainstream movie because it's not her kind of thing. So I I didn't think she was very good. I thought Riz Ahmed was really bland. I I didn't. He wasn't um, scary. He wasn't interesting. He just he kind of played it very straight. You know, straight arrow. Kinda. I thought I thought he had some good scenes. Um, the like when he was uh, preaching to the little girl. <laughs> well, that one was <laughs> that was hilarious because I remember actually one of those moments where I look around the movie theater and I'm like, 
wait a minute, because it's such a stupid thing. It's it almost seems like a blooper where <laughs> the girl the girl on the field trip tries to ask a question, and he, she gets shushed, which. Uh, that never why? happened. Yeah. yeah. And then he calls out and says, no, you need to come say this question. And it's people like us that speak up that when, know, other, when others are hushing yeah. us. <laughs> and he gives her a life foundation pin. And then he's like, okay, go on. And I just remember sitting there in the theater going, wait, you didn't let her ask her question yeah. in front of everybody. That's the whole thing. But, uh, he did. And, and I thought the exact same thing. I even looked at my wife and I go, she never asked her question. And then as he's walking away, he goes, my people will answer whatever questions you have or something like that. God, I didn't ca- Maybe yeah. I was so, like, just caught off guard by the whole thing. But even that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, like, it's right? like she was asking you directly. Right, you know? and you just told her to go ask some people. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the last little bit of acting, though, is Tom Hardy. And I I like Tom Hardy. I liked him in this movie, but it almost felt like he was just acting in a different movie than what everybody else was participating in. Like everybody else was kind of stiff. Sometimes it's horror, but he was playing this really kind of B movie schlocky. Like he was very over the top. Like it's kind of Nick Cage ish, kind of Nick Cage ghostwriter ish is what kept popping in my head. He's just, he's way more eccentric than everybody else in the film. And I get that part of that's because he's got a symbiote attached to him and everything, but like he's normal. But when the venom stuff kicks in, he really kind of fully embraces the, I guess, silliness of the internal dialogue. And it just, it's fine. It's not that he didn't like it. Just it, there's so much about this movie that just didn't come together. And his performance in isolation is completely fine. But when tied into everything else, it's just like another one of those, it's like somebody trying to jam a puzzle piece together. That's not supposed to go together. I mean, you can make it fit, but it's not how it's supposed to go. And that's just so much of this movie. So I kind of left there thinking, I don't know. I mean, did I like Tom Hardy in this? And I just didn't like some of the other stuff or was Tom Hardy part of the reason why this wasn't so good? I I don't know. No, I, I like Tom Hardy in it. I think it was, everything around it that didn't work. Yeah. I just don't think he had enough of where he should have been acting, which is him with a voice. Yeah. You know? I mean, her, you know, it should have been like, like the movie her where he has the voice and he's acting with that. And I thought those, those scenes were done, done well. Yeah. Um, there wasn't enough of that. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. So I did want to bring up one other thing. And, uh, so about was it last year, 2017 where life, the movie, yeah, Life came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a perfect origin story for Venom. Yeah, and yeah. there were there were articles flying all over the internet. Yeah, around well, that time. Well, because the movie is called Life. Yeah, and the Life Foundation is part of Venom's story. Yeah, and you have uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, and a, and a crew of people there that that find this organism that attaches itself to people. I mean, it didn't turn full, you know, symbiote, but that could have, you could have made um, Jake Gyllenhaal's name Jameson, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's not in any of the Venom movies, but he's the one who brought it to Earth, you know, and that's like that, that's a perfect Venom movie. I mean, you had to tweak a, a couple things in that, but what a great way to introduce a character that's not quite introducing the character yet. So essentially, the symbiote is is the character in that movie, uh, is the horror part of that movie. You find a way to bring it to earth and you just continue that story into Venom. But that, that would have been, that's such a missed opportunity. Yeah. I think obviously from a studio standpoint, they would have been concerned that people wouldn't have seen life. So they wouldn't have 
understood that it's a prequel to Venom. I mean, word would have gotten out initially, but... I don't think you have to until Venom comes out. Yeah, I mean, but how many people do you think want to go back and rewatch Life based on the fact that it's just the setup for it? I mean, I can understand story-wise why it makes a lot of sense, and it lets you cut out the first however much time of the movie because they you don't have to have the spaceship crash. That's all done in the first movie or the prequel, but... No, I agree. Uh, that takes that whole piece away, but I, I view it like Split. You know, Split came out, and then you didn't find out to the end that that was a, that was a sequel to yeah. Unbreakable. There's so, a whole generation of people generation roughly that would not have seen unbreakable first yeah so then they go back and they watch unbreakable like, oh that's pretty cool yeah you know, and then they tie it all together in the next movie it probably would have only worked in this case if life was pg-13 sure i get what you're if, <laughs> yeah, if, right. if, if they went that route but right. I, don't, I don't want them to go pg-13 with venom <laughs> right and saying this that was just a, a missed yeah a no missed i agree piece. with you it was and honestly if you read those articles when life came out even though you kind of know they were shot down at the time then when you got to this movie and you saw Life Foundation, I even was questioning myself like, well, wait a second. Were did they, they, were they, they just tie it yeah, together? <laughs> were they just messing with me this whole time? So I actually had the same question. Like, okay, now I need to go Google it and see if like they, they did like the okie doke, right? Like, yeah. no, it's not a Venom. And then, oh, fooled you. It is a Venom. Well, even cool. when the ship was coming in and crashing, I, I was trying to remember. I was life. too. I was like, what did the ship look like? Well, because you could see Life on the front of the spaceship. So then I was immediately like, yeah. Okay, was it called Life the movie because of the name of the ship or was that just they were going about alien life or right. whatever? Yeah. And I just can I just couldn't remember of what the spaceship looked like and then it crashed landed in the in Malaysia, Malaysia. And, and I was like not in the water and I was like I know it landed in the water. Yeah. And so and yeah. it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. All right. Well, let's I think we we've uh talked Venom quite enough for what it is. So let's get into this. So what'd you rate it and why? So I ended up giving it a 3. I liked seeing Venom on screen. I liked Tom Hardy. Uh, I liked the banter between him and Venom. I didn't like the plot uh, of how they did that, and didn't like how it was rushed. And so, but for for what it is, I ended up giving it a three. All right. Do you have a favorite moment? Um, I I didn't. I liked some of the ones that you mentioned earlier. Um, I would have liked really just him talking to venom for the first time you know like that's all all those scenes were, were the best yeah for me what's one thing you would change i'd go straight horror i just change the genre altogether and make it a a venom verse somebody and go go horror go go terminator one route yeah with it how are you telling people to watch this movie theater or couch you don't need to go to the theater for this one um you're a Marvel fan, sure. Yeah. But, but uh, you don't need to. That's okay. A, it's a couch movie. All right. Paying or wait for free? You probably don't need to pay for this either. <laughs> popcorn movie or art house film? It is a popcorn movie. Uh, I guess I know where this one's going, but Oscar or Razzie? You would more likely find a Razzie performance <laughs> or Razzie. You think it might actually get one? No. Okay. Not for, uh, they give they give Razzies for more than just acting. You know, yeah. Directing and all that kind but of stuff. I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's razzy worthy okay. i don't think it's that bad okay and if you liked what you would like this movie i went amazing spider-man 2 is that the one with jamie fox that's the one with jamie fox okay so if you liked that one i think you definitely like venom okay because it means you like the world and you can look past bad plot holes <laughs> which is okay. which, which is ironic because the the screenwriter of amazing spider-man 2 was the screenwriter for venom oh okay so there's why you keep hiring this guy i don't I don't know. If it made enough money, they'll keep hiring him. 
Yeah, but you got to... Uh, frustrating. Yeah. Frustrating. It doesn't... I agree with you. So, what about you? What'd you get? I gave it a two. A I, two? I, well, yes. I mean, come on. Two. I don't... Here's the thing. We sat here and agreed on everything about the things that were wrong with this movie, the things that worked with this movie. I did not enjoy it. I... I have way more criticisms. I was bored. I got tired. I was frustrated. I just didn't really have a good time with it. There's very few things that I liked. The things I liked were small snippets here and there. So I'm not surprised that you gave it a three because we've talked about another podcast that you naturally just give comic book movies like a, a star rating higher than I do because you like those types of movies. You appreciate that world. I don't have that same level of appreciation. I like them in general, but if you make a bad comic book movie, I, I'm not I'm not saving you from yourself with a rating. That was not a good movie. We said Marvel movie. And this is not a Marvel no, movie. No, but it's a Marvel it's not MCU. No, but it's a Marvel ish movie. And in general you are kinder in your final rating on properties that you like we've had this discussion with solo we've had this discussion with avengers and other comic book movies where you have the same critiques as i do it's just in the end you can't get yourself to go down to the level of where you would put this movie had it been a non-comic book movie we talked about it in solo i gave solo a lower rating than you did true i guess that is true yes you but see but no i guess what i'm saying (laughs) is i felt like you trashed that movie a lot and then still gave it like a three and a half so what I'm saying is you tend to be very critical of these things, but still give them it, good ratings. It, it had a lot of things wrong with it. Fair, but you yes. still gave it like a three and a half, which was only like a star lo- or half star lower than me. So what I'm saying is your, your critiques of movies in these, in your wheelhouse, you tend to, you and I will sometimes often have the same critique, but you produce a different rating result. It than was what better I than a two. No, it really wasn't. It was. Um, two. I'm tr- I would have to go and look at some of my other rankings, but off the top of my head, it's one of the worst. Death Wish? You gave it the same as Death Wish? Yeah. I mean, it's bad. God. But I mean, even thinking about other comic book movies that are out there, like, it's one of the worst comic book movies that we've seen in the last 10 years since MCU started going. It's it's way down there. It's It's down there in, like, the Fantastic Four remake level. You think it's worse than Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, or, or close. And I was probably at like a two on that one too, honestly. I don't know. I'd have to go look and see. But Fantastic Four remake with Michael B. Jordan, that movie was what, trash. What did you give that? Oh, I probably gave it a one and a half or a two. Or maybe even, I don't know. I might have been lower on that. It was bad. But this this movie feels like it would. you're overly critical on ones that you feel should be better. Because you've been giving like a one and a half. That's virtually unwatchable. Yeah, Predator was virtually unwatchable. And so here's the thing. The Predator was so laughably bad at what it tried to do that it was just insulting. This one was just bad, but not not in like a stupid bad kind of way. It just, it was, it couldn't find the right way to figure things out. Whereas Predator like kind of knew what it wanted to be and fully embraced it, but it was just stupid and stupid bad. So no, I, I do not agree with, with that rating. I would, I would have accepted a two and a half. I would two, be very a two just takes it to a different level. I know it's only a half star difference, but a two you're getting to to unwatchable. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to watch this movie ever again. So <sighs> I'm glad you said that because I, that's where I feel. But Yuck. I would be interested to Yuck. look at my comic book rankings and yours too because this has got to be in the bottom. It it's in the bottom tier. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels more at home with like if this had come out like in, during the Raimi Spider Man era, I think people would love it because it would have been kind of the anti movie for that era. That's what it feels like. It feels like Are it's. You saying this isn't better than like Ghost Rider? I'm saying it's 
not too much better than Ghost Rider if it is. It very much feels like Ghost Rider, the fu- the first Hulk. Um, I didn't like the Raimi Spider-Man, so it feels like the offshoot of that. Um, it feels like Darkman's being too hard, but like it feels more at home with the 90s and early 2000s comic book movies than it yeah. does in this modern day that's, MCU. That's fair, but that's but that's Sony. They're, they're just slow. Sure, and I just don't, I mean, I don't like any of those. I'd be giving Darkman a two. I'd be giving Ghost Rider a two, probably. I haven't seen Liam them. Liam Neeson's. Yeah, I'd be giving them, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think a two is right. I, I'm very interested now. I should have looked this up before this, but what did I give the Fantastic Four reboot or even the original Fantastic Fours with Chris Evans? Like, those yeah. weren't very good either. They're better than twos, though. I don't know. It's been too long since I've seen them, but it, for all the my critiques that I listed out here and the very few positives that I have, that has to equal a two for me. I don't know. But what was your favorite moment? Oh, yeah. Um, I would have to go with when Venom called Eddie a pussy for not jumping off the top. That was, that was really good. That was excellent. The cut was perfect. The line was perfect. And it's just like, when it happened, I was like, damn, you need more of that. That's exactly yeah. what you need. <laughs> they they show the uh, the broken window and then it just shows him pushing the button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just one line. One line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what would you change? Um, we talked about it, but do more of the back and forth between those guys. I mean, it's borderline buddy copish, uh, the banter that they have at times, but you don't get enough of it. Yeah. Theater or couch? Couch. And I'm guessing you'd pay for this. Nope. Wait for free. Popcorn movie or art house film? It's popcorn. And, um, you liked, um... Tom Hardy's performance enough to give it an Oscar? <laughs> no, no. This one, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got a Razzie for something. I don't know what, but it wouldn't There's shock me. There's nothing in there to give it a Razzie for. I don't know. I could see... Which is why it's not a two. I, well, I could see some of the snooty people that give out Razzies, like, really looking down on this movie. But you're Do right. Do snooty people give out Razzies? I feel like, I feel that, like that's I feel more like that's of kind of what people like us that give out Razzies. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I could don't see think some snooty people... people would lower themselves to a Razzie. <laughs> I could see some people really not liking Tom Hardy's performance, but... I, I don't think it'll actually get one. So if you liked what, then you would like this movie. I picked Green Lantern because <laughs> it felt like there's something there. Like the story wasn't necessarily bad, but the effects were questionable. And the just, it feels like you had a decent idea maybe and just couldn't quite get it on screen. And it was very disappointing. So I think that's where I'm at with Green Lantern. We already mentioned this, but I really wanted to go the route of upgrade, but it doesn't doesn't work in the right direction, right? It, yeah. You can't say if you really liked upgrade, you would like this. You, you have to if say you wanted to know what Venom should have been. Yeah, if, you, and we go said, watch and upgrade. we freaking said that when yeah. we saw it, and when we reviewed it on our podcast episode, we're like, oh man, how you know, that movie had to come out before Venom, and now it's even better that it did because there's gonna be so many people say, well, yeah, okay, maybe if I liked Venom, but. I don't see how yeah. anybody could watch Upgrade and Venom and say that Upgrade was not the better better take on that concept. Yeah, I mean, with, if you're going with body control, I mean, you don't get the obviously the Venom monster right. uh, part of it, but but yeah, Venom Venom failed where Upgrade I think right. succeeded. So that. if you liked, because you've done this in a couple yes. episodes too, so if you liked Venom, You'd really you should like, really like, like Upgrade, right? Yeah, and you even get a uh, a doppelganger of Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I <laughs> forgot about that. He does resemble Tom Hardy. All right. Well, that's Venom, I guess, in almost an hour-long nutshell. But like usual, go check us out at twoviewsmovies.com. Uh, talk to us on Facebook. But the most important thing you can do is run out to one of the podcast stores, whether it's Apple or Google, and subscribe to the podcast so you get all the downloads. And leave us a rating and a comment if you're enjoying the show. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>